what to live by. And the first verse I wanted to use is Ezekiel 33, 19. Um, I'm going to use the modern English version, which I can understand. And that maybe I'm too hot on this or too much gain, buddy, because I can hear myself breathing. Oh, maybe I fixed it. No, never mind, never mind. I think I fixed it. Um, but if the wicked turns from his wickedness and does that which is lawful and right, he shall live by them. Um, and I was like, I was like a little confused when I was reading this because I was like, live by what? By li live by them, you know. I think ahead of time, a couple verses ahead, it's talking about um, the law, you know, the, the commandments or <clears throat> the moral code. He'll live by them. So then I want to read Romans 10, 5. He uh, quotes this scripture when he's saying this. Um, somewhat, I mean, it's not totally the same, but for Moses writes about the righteousness which is based on the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. So it ties it up to the law. So before Jesus came, we know that in order to live, you live by the law. And it also said that you died. You died if you didn't, right? And uh, in a lot of cases that happened to people, they, they, they met with death because they didn't listen to the law. And if you break any little part of it, you break it all. It's not like you can uh, um, do mostly everything. Well, I haven't killed anybody, but I steal things every other Thursday or something, you know? Like you, you can't, uh, in the Old Testament, the way the law was, if you um, violated any part of it, you violated all of it. So I just say that to say, um, sometimes I think there's confusion about um, why we needed a Savior, right? Like, do, did we just need our sins forgiven? Yeah, you know. But it's also, the, the point to me is that He doesn't just forgive you of your sins, but He comes to live on the inside of you, and He makes everything new, and the old things pass away, right? And the purpose of that is because we couldn't do it. We, we weren't able to do, uphold the perfect law of God. And if we didn't uphold every single bit of it, we were upholding none of it. And I thank God that he was always merciful, always uh, good. Even when he had a law and a standard that really people asked for. Well, I won't get into that this time, but it was more of something that the people asked for than what God wanted to do, in my opinion. Um, because God credited to Abraham righteousness because he believed God. And that was good enough for God, and that was first, right? Abraham was way before the Mosaic law. And when he believed God, he credited to him his righteousness. And he's like, we're good. We're good. As far as God was concerned, we're good. Uh, but the people at that time decided that they wanted, that they could do everything that God wanted them to do in their own strength and their own power. Um, so he said, okay, I'll sign you up. Here's the, here's the tablets. Uh, in Luke 4.4, 4, Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I think that's very important for a lot of reasons. We know that Jesus is the word made flesh, right? And then he later told people, you have to eat of my flesh or drink of my blood or you have no part in me. And it caused a lot of problems with people and people couldn't stand, couldn't stand that. I don't know if they couldn't understand it. I think not because with a carnal mind, these things are impossible to understand, right? With a mind that's not spiritual, it's not renewed, it's not that God hasn't fixed. And this is another reason why we needed to live. Um, I was saying, you know, like, 
live by is, what are we going to live by is the name of the scripture. We needed to live not just by bread, which is the physical needs, right? We couldn't just live by bread alone, but by the word of God. We needed to live by the spiritual. We needed something more. We needed that in order to, uh, to not just survive, but to thrive and to be better than we could ever be uh, by just having the natural things. I think it's cool how throughout the Bible, you know, we're always, we always have natural options, okay? So like say, um, we want to feed a huge, a few huge multitude of people, we could go to the grocery store and buy a lot of food, right? If we got the cash for that, but let's say we do. We could go get a lot of food, um, or if we, if we can't afford it, we, we don't have, we could say, oh, well, we're not going to have a get-together, we're not going to feed a lot of people because we can't, because we can't afford it. But to me, it's always awesome how God is like, I want you to, I want you to experience good things, right? Even if it looks like you can't or you don't have enough or it's not the wisest thing to do. Because a lot of times what we hear these, many times I think that, you know, wisdom is used to justify fears, especially for, for Christians. We say, we say, well, that's not being wise. If you do that, that's not being wise. But it's also, you don't ever get a chance to trust God. You never get a chance to stop making choices based on fear if you're always being wise. If it's not wise to step out on waves outside of a boat, it's not wise to do uh, to throw a net on the other side of your boat when you've been fishing all night and some dude with sandals on tells you to, right? You, you don't, it's not wise, but God's able to do amazing things when you just trust him and when, you, um, when you're not so concerned about wisdom. And I think that's too, not that we're not wise, we have wise wisdom. Bible says that we have, if we ask, we have it and we have wisdom, but the wisdom of God is not like man's wisdom, Right? Because the wisdom of God means listen to God, even if it sounds crazy and kooky, right? If you've never seen rain, but God tells you there's going to be a flood, build an ark, right? That's a different kind of wisdom. I just wanted to make those points because sometimes, you know, I was talking earlier about what you give God and what you take from God. Sometimes you have to give them your rationality. You know, you have to say, God, you know what? I trust you with this. I trust you. It sounds crazy to me what you're saying to me, but I trust you with this. I'm going to give you what seems rational, what seems wise, what seems cautious to me. And I'm going to take the adventure. Because that's what faith is, right? It's an adventure. It's a, um, it's a stepping out. It's an experiencing more. It's a putting yourself in a place where more. A lot of times I hear pastor talk about that, you know. You know, put yourself in a place where you can receive blessing. It's not about trying to live a holy life that does that for you. You're, you've already been given a holy life in Christ Jesus. But the point is, is that. How can you experience amazing things if you always uh, prepare to not, right? Prepare yourself to not have a, uh, any kind of encounter, like amazing, miraculous encounter, I say that. Um, but thank God, I praise God that many times in life, it could be outside of our control, right? Then we have to start speaking against things because they're happening outside of our control. And it's an opportunity for us to trust in God and trust in what he said, that we have what we say. Habakkuk 2.4, look, his soul is lifted up. It is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. And this is just another scripture reiterating that the just shall live by his faith. Oh, so in the past it was lived by the law. Now it's lived by faith. Why? Because Jesus Christ fulfilled the law and our faith is in that fulfillment. Because we have faith in that, that's how we're able to live by faith. Um, Hebrews 10:38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, 
My soul has no pleasure in him. And to me, this drawing back is a drawback of faith. That's what we're talking about, right? Uh, the just shall live by faith. It's not a drawing back of actions, but it's a faith. So when we decide that um, we're going to go ahead and trust God, but then we're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And we put the reins on and the, and the, um, the caution tape on or put our seatbelts on. I never do that. but anyway, Some people do, I guess. But anyway, whatever we do that, that makes it to where we're not going to totally go out. Like if it was Peter, he just put his toes out of the boat onto the water. And he's like, nah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You know, that's what I think that is. He's saying my soul takes no pleasure in him. And I mean, what it means is that he doesn't get to, he wants him to experience things. Like it also says in the Bible that I wish above all things that your soul prosper and be in good health or, or that you prosper and be good in health even as your soul prospers. And this is a, um, your, you know, your mind, will, and emotions. He wants to have, he wants you to enjoy awesome things that if you shrink back, you're not going to get to enjoy them. Um, you're holding yourself back from amazing things that God wants you to have. But I think it's wonderful and awesome about God is that he also meets us where we're at. He still lavishes his love upon us even when we're uh, not willing to step out yet or we're too afraid or we're letting these things uh, make decisions for us. Um, he still wants to love you. And he still wants to love you and to trust in him to step out, right? To enjoy those beautiful things that he has for you. Because he has awesome things in store for each and every one of us. Things that we haven't even, that the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Um, and now we have them, we have heard them and seen them all in Jesus Christ. But God wants that to be such a reality for us. Such an everyday walk for us, you know? Like to us to walk like Jesus walked. Like if you picture Jesus walking somewhere, when he walked by the stuff happened, you know? He didn't have to, like, go out of his way or become a street preacher, in a sense. He just walked around, and whatever needs, uh, there were needs that needed to be met, he met them. And he, words that needed to spoke, be spoken, he spoke them. People that needed to be forgiven, he forgave them. It's just, a, like, that's who, how he did. His modus operandi, or however you say that. So his way of doing things. And I think that he wants us to walk that way, and even in the greater works, as he says. Hebrews 10, no, that's one I already read. Galatians 3.11, now it is evident that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, for the just shall live by faith. This kind of goes back to why was there a law if no man's going to be justified by the law. But I believe that God was indeed showing us that we couldn't be justified by the law because we would have to be perfect and we weren't, we weren't able to do it without his help, without him making us new, without him making us perfect. Um, and I like love how I think this is Paul right Galatians I'm not sure who wrote it Galatians I think it's Paul but it says now it is evident so everybody knows that no man can be justified by the law that's how it should be but sometimes unfortunately sometimes we try to justify ourselves by the law once again and this is what I believe is said when it says that they trampled under the son of God under their feet so there's now no more forgiveness for sins there's only one place to get for forgiveness of sins if, it, if it's not Jesus there's no other forgiveness he's the only way he's the only truth he's the only life there's only one way um, Romans 1 17 for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it as it is written the just shall live by faith and that's again quoting the Old Testament but I wanted to, this one I like because it says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith because we reveal, it's revealed to us that we are the righteousness of God, right? In Christ Jesus, the Bible also tells us we're 
elsewhere from faith to faith. And that's where your righteousness comes from. When you trust in Jesus Christ for your righteousness, when you trust that he was good enough, that he measured up and that he paid the penalty so that you could be free, um, free from everything that came by mistakes. You know, sometimes we get concerned like, hey, I put myself in this position. I did it myself and I chose to be here. So I got to write it out or I deserve it or how's God going to save me from something that I did myself. But the whole salvation plan is God saving you from something you did yourself, right? From something mankind did themselves, some place that they got themselves into. Um, so I just want to encourage you in that. Don't be, I, I'm not saying that to say let's go out and be stupid and make dumb decisions. Never, right? May it never be as Paul says because we're new. That's not who we are. But when you do, or if you do, I should say if you do, I don't want to assign anybody that task of doing it. But if you do, you, can, you have God to trust to bring you back and to, um, to make all things new, to, uh, to take, put you back where you, where you thought you lost, where you thought you couldn't get back to because God is good. That's the reason why we sing songs like Rattle. When in that scripture, um, God asked a prophet, hey, can these dry bones live? Because it looked like they were dead and there was nothing else left for them. Can these dry bones live? And he copped out like we do, right? He could have just said, nothing is impossible with you, God, or something like those cool lines. But he said, oh, you know, God, you know. Who am I to know, but you know kind of thing, you know, because he was copping out. And God, I think, asked those questions so he can get us to understand that we are made in his image. The earth was created by his words. And now, just like Jesus said, we can have whatsoever we say. Right? And God doesn't want us to cop out, shrink back and say, oh, you know if it can happen, God, you know if we can do it. You speak it out and believe it's going to happen because that's what he said. He said if you speak it, it will happen. It's not like you're just focusing on faith in your own words. You're focusing on him. He said. He said that if you speak, you have it. So you don't have to be like, oh, am I making myself out to be something? Jesus said that. You can do it and you can experience it. All right, that's all I have. Love you. Good boy.